This is Tether Talk, a podcast for women where we talk about the truths that influence our identities, guide our choices, form our future, and lead us to the hope that steadies our hearts. Let's pull back the layers, uncover the lies, and hold on to the only truth that satisfies. Let's talk, okay? Good evening. <laughs> I'm just going to get straight to it. Oh my goodness, the world, at least the Western Hemisphere, America, these United States or not so United States. Um, my heart is grieved, y'all. It really is concerning all that has transpired this week. Yet again, um, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, I think that... Um, I think it's okay to not have anything to say sometimes um, until you're ready to speak, especially if you've been somebody who has been a part of the, the dialogue for a very long time. Um, that dialogue being the racial, um, ethnic, gender conversation in our country um you know it, it can be it can be it's 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 exhausting already for anyone um but if you're called to this kind of work it can be that much more um overwhelming and i think it's very important for us to take a moments of reprieve and uh allow the lord to fill our cups um yeah so i am grieved but I will not be talking about that this week <laughs> because I need time to process and to just, I don't know, love on my people. You know what I'm saying? Love on my village, love on my community, um, love on my, my brown brothers and sisters and my Asian brothers and sisters. And um, the South stay hot. I know the North is hot too. I was, you know, some friends were like, yo, it's hot all over the place. But I feel like, oh man. No one turmoil is worse than the other. I'm just going to say that. But it just, if you sit for just a little too long, you can literally come to the brink of like straight depression. And so I'm trying not to, I'm not saying specifically for myself, but just in general, like if what's happening within our nation is not um, affecting your heart in some kind of way, you know, it's true. You may be far removed from it. That, which is, that may just be your life and it is what it is. But hopefully there's an understanding for those of us who um, see it, face it, feel it, experience it, uh, contemplate it every single day of our lives and have to incorporate it into the very essence of our existence. And that can be very um, taxing, to say the least. Uh, our minds, hearts, and spirits can be overwrought by 
the constant state of rage that we are in within our consciousness. James Baldwin, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, no one's supposed to live like that, right? That said, we live in a fallen world. <laughs> I digress. We live in a fallen world and, um, yeah, this is the reason why Jesus came. For these very reasons, Jesus came, took on the form of a man, though he was fully God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing and came in the form of a slave, a servant, and, um, you know, allowed himself, humbled himself to nothing and then, and then died on the cross for our sins, for this sin sin of injustice, the sin of murder, the sin of partiality, the sin of lovelessness, um, unforgiveness, all kinds of stuff, all of it, for all of it he died, you know, so here we are, I want to wrap up kind of what I was talking about last week um, with now what, after the disciples um, spent some time 40 days with Jesus or Jesus spent 40 days with them um, he ascended and uh, he told them to go to Jerusalem and to wait there until until they received power from the Holy Spirit and so before going into what I want to talk about today I want to read uh, the text um, where Jesus is telling the disciples of coming rejection he is warning them or forecasting what their lives would look like um, when he is gone and why it was important for the Holy Spirit to come. So I'm going to start reading John 16 verses 1 through 7. Um, so yeah, if you can follow me in that. And then I will begin and hopefully not make this too long. All right, John 16 verses 1 through 7. I'm reading from the New King James and it says, but when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. These things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that they offer God's, they offer God's service. Um, and these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me, but these things I have told you, that when the time comes you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For I do not go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So, yeah, I was struggling with that just a second, just a little bit, because I have so many highlights and my Bible's all, there's a lot going on. Um, yeah, you know what? I want to read a different version too and see. No, I'm not going to do that. All right, so I'm going to read it again, specifically uh verses one through seven because i think i read 26 verse 26 says but when the helper comes 
uh, from the previous chapter, 1526. But when the helper comes, whom I who I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Speaking of the apostles, um, or the disciples, <clears throat> specifically the apostles. These things I've spoken to you that you shall not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. Okay. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me, but these things I have told you, that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So the reason why I wanted to hit this particular passage is just to uh, follow up from where I ended, where the disciples are in the upper room. And they stayed there for a period of 10 days waiting to receive this very Holy Spirit that Jesus spoke to them about in John 16. Um, and he made it very clear to them. He said, you know what? This is what's going to happen to y'all. You're going to get God. Cat's going to come for you. You're going to get killed. You're going to be um, separated. And people are going to people are going to persecute you and think they're doing God's service. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> First of all, it's like, guys, I'm about to leave and I have to leave because if I don't, you know, you won't have anybody here to protect you or to comfort you. Really, he says counselor, comforter, but like to be there for you during this tumultuous time that, that Christ is speaking to them about. And he says, because, but these things I've told you that when the time comes, you were, we will remember that I told you of them. And I did not tell you about them from the beginning because I was with you. That is a very important statement because what that means is that there's a shift that's about to happen. So we have God the Father, right? When we think about how, you know, um, how the, the, the God in three persons is manifest throughout the scriptures. The Old Testament, we see God the Father and his presence um, comes and rests with the people of Israel, rests with his chosen ones, right? We see him resting in the, temp, uh, in the tent of meeting. We see him resting with the Ark of the Covenant. We see him resting with the people. And then we have christ who comes and he is emmanuel god with us so he is god amongst us he is god uh, fully god and fully man in spirit and in flesh but he is with us he abides with us but it's very important that he says this because um, when he says i i didn't tell you these things from the beginning because i was with you so while he was with the disciples for the three years um for the three years that he was in ministry um it wasn't necessary for the spirit to be present because the work of Christ was to bring the gospel of the kingdom, was to also become the atoning sacrifice for our sins. So everything that needed to be known was known in fullness in the person and the work of Jesus. So at this point, there was no need for the indwelling power of God, the spirit. And that is what this shift is moving us to or in this particular text that's what jesus is speaking about the shift from god being the son of man fully god fully man and dwelling amongst us being emmanuel to now i have to go because if i don't go then god the holy spirit cannot come and that is radical and important for us why because at that point 
was the opportunity, was the pinnacle moment, was the catalyst for um, believers who uh, were walking with Jesus now being indwelled by the Holy Spirit who's taken residence upon the throne of their heart. When you see those, see that transition from God resting to God being amongst us, God resting, God the Father, His presence, Yahweh, I am that I am, resting. And then you see God the Son um, amongst us, walking with us, really being side by side, acquainted with our grief. And now we live in AD time, right? We live after the resurrection. We live after the ascension. And we, as, as people, have the privilege of accepting, confessing with our hearts the Lord Jesus, believing in our hearts that God raised Jesus from the, from the dead to bring about salvation and having the privilege and the opportunity and the blessing and the joy of being indwelled by the Holy Spirit, who is also God. We need the Spirit. We absolutely do. And this has been so empowering for me. Last time I was I was talking with y'all, you know, I really did take into account what the Lord was saying. Like, I need you to wait. Um, and though it hasn't exactly been 10 days or anything like that, like I told you, I wasn't really even going for like the number of days or anything. Just taking that time to just sit with the Lord and say, okay, what does this mean for me? What did it mean for them? But what does it mean for me? So if I look at what it meant for the disciples, I'm sitting back and I'm just thinking about those words. And if I were in their shoes, I'd be tripping a little bit too. Because frankly, what Jesus said was, yo, brace yourself. It's going to be hard. He was about to go to a, a criminal's execution. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, if they hated me, they will hate you because you love me. You know what I'm saying? So if, if, I don't I couldn't even be there so I'm not I'm not even gonna give them any slack or any you know I'm not gonna give them any um I'm not gonna look at them any kind of way the disciples because like literally if I saw someone being crucified I might hide too I might run too especially if it's somebody that I knew and loved and knew they were innocent like are y'all kidding that would have been so difficult to bear they were human they're men and women and his mother, like all there, knowing this was going to happen and about to witness it. But here you have your 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 Lord, your master, your rabbi, the son of God, the Messiah, and your friend telling you, brace yourself. It's going to be hard for you too. The way they treated you is the way they're going to treat, uh, treated me is the way they're going to treat you. Prepare to be, to be led to the slaughter like lambs and say nothing. When it happens, I will exact judgment when it comes, but say nothing when it happens for my name's sake. And he tells them, he like legit gives them a heads up, like this is what's going to happen. And I think it's so interesting that he says, but now I go away to him who sent me and none of you asked me, where are you going? Jesus was funny. He was like, yo, I just told y'all that I'm finna leave y'all, okay? And ain't nobody asked me, where are you going? Why? Because he finishes it off. He says, because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. And I think he understood it. But he's like, yo, you're more concerned about what I've told you is already going to happen. That you are, you can't even ask me the thing that you probably should be asking me, <laughs> which is probably more relevant. 
because I'm the only one with all power and authority to actually help you get through this. I've told you I'm leaving and y'all ain't said nothing about where I'm going because you're so distraught by what I told you is imminent. But what's important is you asking me where I'm going because that is imperative for your success. That's imperative imperative for your survival. Maybe not physical survival, spirit, um, physical survival, but spiritual survival. That's what's important. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So you need to know that my going is necessary for you to be helped. It's the same word that is used um, for um, uh, the woman helpmate. Ezer. We get that. We're, we're equal to God, but has a purpose to empower, to help, to, to, to strengthen, to empower the vision, to empower the call, to empower the destiny, whatever it is that God has ordained. That is the purpose of the Holy Spirit, which is, which is why it's so important. Uh, I didn't even intend to read verse 26 of chapter 15, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. So it's important that he comes to indwell you, to empower you, to sustain you, to comfort you, to counsel you, to teach you. Why? Because he is going to testify of me. He is going to be a witness. He's going to affirm the words that I've spoken to you. This is Christ telling the disciples, he's got to come. He's got to come because he seals everything that I've spoken to you. Christ came to fulfill the law through love. Holy Spirit comes to seal it. And we needed that seal. We needed that empowering. Um, and so uh, this whole thing has just been um, a, a great shift for me and my spirit and my heart. That's what it meant to the disciples. But what it means to me and what it means to us is, is so rich. It's the same but we have to we have to make it practical for us, right? So it's hard to do that sometimes, um, especially because we're not, quote unquote, 100% faced with the same types of threats to our lives and persecution. Though that day is coming, you know, it's not directly affecting us in that regard right now. But I will say that there are, of course, spiritual forces and wickedness in high places that we are fighting. Um, according to Ephesians 6, so it is it is value, it's so valuable, it is so necessary that we put on the full armor of God. And while we put on the armor of God, all of those things, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, all of those things are important. And the feet shod with the gospel and preparation of peace, all those things are important, but they are all defensive. The only offensive um, weapon that we have or only offensive um, uh, protection that we have or um, yeah, weapon, whatever you want to call it. The only offensive thing that we have in this spiritual fight and in this survival in the natural realm is the empowering and indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit because he is God. The only thing that can save us is Jesus. The only thing that can save us is Holy Spirit. The only thing that can save us is God the Father. That is it. He's the only one. And so to put on the armor and to not be empowered 
to put on the armor and to not have faith, to put on the armor and to not have truth. Like all those things are void without the Holy Spirit. And so the empowering thing for me begins with the renewing of my mind, which has been incredibly transforming for me. Um, incredibly transforming. I cannot tell you of the tangible things that I, I you know, I've been focusing on, obviously, like, like the tangible things being the natural needs that I have, paying my bills, making sure my girls are good, making sure my life is established and, and laying my plans before the Lord and praying that he orders my steps, all that stuff. And then the intangible things, the spiritual necessities, the joy, the peace, the love, like all those things have taken precedent over those natural needs, those tangible things, not because they're not important, but because with this shift, I cannot allow myself, we cannot allow ourselves as Christians and those of us who are um, discovering the faith or whatever, like we cannot allow our minds and ourselves to only be where the disciples were, where we're thinking about all of the pain, the turmoil, the suffering that is impending. We have to fix our eyes on the things that are incorruptible, the things that are intangible, the things of spiritual necessity that are going to sustain us by way of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit and the fruit that comes with him. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All those things that we, all those, you know, characteristics and qualities that we need to be sustained. Um, and so I think there's a very important um, transition in the midst of this shift, which is a transition, but like there's a, an important evolution that has to take place. We all have to get from a place of, of desperation, which every single one of us, I'm sure, can pinpoint a time in our lives where it's like, yo, I have no hope right now. Just like the disciples, you just told us what? I'm sure at that moment they're like, yo, there's no hope. They said it was, oh, they were overcome with sorrow. Sorrow filled their hearts. Sounds familiar, right? Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is praying. His heart was filled with sorrow. So it's a real thing. It's an expected thing. But we have to get from a place of desperation where we have no hope to a place of determination and a will to which is a will to obey which is what they did in response to jesus's um, directive to go to jerusalem and wait that was determination that was a will to obey so from desperation and no hope i.e the the crucifixion of christ and then being like wait what's going on even i would even say they probably still didn't have much hope when he ascended all he's telling them to do is go sit and wait. And they didn't know it was going to be 10 days. He didn't say it's going to be about 10 days. <laughs> he didn't tell them anything. He just said, go and sit there and wait. And while they were there, they prayed. They probably encouraged one another. You know, they just sat just like we are sitting in many of our seasons of life where we're like, God, are you about to move? Like, what are you about to do? You know, so that's what they did. But the fact that they actually did it showed determination and a will to obey. But the goal of that evolution the goal of the shift the goal of of the transition is to step into destiny which is the place where you actually walk by faith you actually live this thing out but that can only be done if you are empowered and dwelt by the holy spirit without that you will fail and find yourself right back in a place of desperation without hope because the future looks bleak at least on this side of heaven yeah so at the end of the day the goal is 
to meet the destiny that God has intended for you to have, for me to have, for all of us to have. And that's where we are actively walking by faith and trusting that the Lord is with us. So for us, we can do nothing without the power, wisdom, comfort of the Holy Spirit. Faith is impossible when we are overcome with fear and uncertainty. I mean, they work together in some way. Like there, there's really no need for you to have faith if there's nothing that, that is uncertain. You know what I'm saying? If, if there's nothing that's uncertain, there's nothing that brings you fear, then there's no need for faith, really. And that's not to say that you have to be fearful to have faith, but you have faith all the more when you are fearful. <laughs> so we got to work that out. We have to work that out. We have to process it and figure it out for ourselves. Like, what is it about my life? What is it about the steps that I'm intending to take that is causing fear in me? And how can I get from a place of desperation to a place of determination to a place where I'm pursuing my destiny and walking by faith? You have to determine that for yourself. Are you desperate for something new? Are you determined to actually do something? And is your destiny important enough for you to take the risks that are necessary for you to see the end that God has already predestined for you? Um, those are the three questions that I would totally have you ask yourself. I mean, for me, if I think about those questions, I think it was there was a clear season of desperation for me for a good minute, a, a, probably a period of about 12 years, desperate desperate to be renewed in the Lord, desperate to understand, you know, my own humanity, desperate to, um, to, to be rebuilt, um, to be restored. I wanted that so much. And then I think right around 2018, I was literally on the mark. I was determined and had a will to obey. I was on the mark, like right at the beginning of a, uh, um, of the line before you hit that race. I was on the mark for several things in my life, relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. And I was so determined to find a will to obey in the midst of all the pain and all the pressure. It was the hardest thing I had to do in most of my life, like very difficult um, to find the will, which I, in and of myself, I could not do it. But now I am walking by faith to faith because I have not yet arrived, clearly, but my desire and my eyes have been open, my heart is willing, I've taken those steps in determination, I have a will to obey, I'm no longer desperate, I'm desperate for the Lord, but I'm no longer desperate without hope, you know what I'm saying? And now I'm literally walking by faith to the next realm of faith with expectation that God will take me from faith to faith and glory to glory. And so I'm sifting right now i am being shifted right now the lord is 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 really showing me like naomi you have already been indwelt by the spirit and there are a lot of things that you have yet to walk into or take the risk to walk into um because you don't quite regard understand get the fact that god is within you now that that is breaking in me <laughs> now that i'm realizing oh wait a minute especially because right now with everything that's going on i'm sorry i just feel like we are so close to the end of days i really do and i mean no one knows the hour when the lord will return we, we see he's clearly tarrying so it is what it is but like the closer we get 
to that time, uh, the, the, the signs of the times, whether they are towards the end or they are just a, a picture and a reality of the depravity of humanity and all of that, like regardless of what it is, I know without a shadow of a doubt that in this season, after the waiting, after asking now what, after Good Friday, after the resurrection and, and questioning what to do next and the waiting and the sitting and the pondering. And after all this, the Lord is saying, it's time to pivot. It's time to shift. So with that, my next episode <laughs> ah, is going to be the beginning of a new season. Yes, season three of Tether Talk, because it is absolutely necessary for me to move into the next that God has for me as it as it relates to the destiny that he has apportioned, has portioned for me and he's appropriated for me and he's making accommodations for me in this season for such a time as this. Um, I, I know that God wants to bring forth a transformed platform through Tether Talk and and that's not to say that everything up to this point has been something i think i've even done this before y'all like I've, I've i've shifted before and guess what there are probably many more shifts to come because as i as i see him more i have to look at myself or he shows me a different version of myself he reintroduces me to myself and so i do expect to see a, a transformed platform of a redeemed version of me a renewed version, a restored version, and ultimately a radical call toward my destiny as a daughter of God, as a mother, as a friend, as a sister, as an identity reformer, as a justice advocate. Um, but yeah, I, I there's so much. He just keeps unveiling and, and he, re he reveals things in part. We're never going to know everything about what God is doing at every moment. He, he doesn't always give us the details, which is what faith is is all about which is what he told the disciples yo i just need y'all to go to jerusalem and just sit there and wait i'm gonna send somebody i'm gonna send the holy spirit i'm gonna send a helper a comforter a teacher a guide i'm gonna send my spirit you know what i'm saying and so in the same way he might tell me he might tell you i just need you to start this thing i need you to change direction i need you to talk to so and so I need you to refrain from talking to so-and-so. I need you to uh, walk away from this job. I need you to start that business. I need Whatever it is, I need you to talk to this person about me. I need you to pray for this other person. Whatever it is that God is calling us to do, we have to be sensitive to the leading, the direction, the counsel, and the loving um, chastisement of the Holy Spirit. Um, and that's not always a bad thing. But we need to be we need to be present for it. So I will begin next week or whatever the next episode. It may not be next week. It might be in a couple of days. It may, I don't know. <laughs> whatever. But the next episode with the paradox of both and because there are so many both ands in scripture. But there's one particular both and that your girl is itching to get into. If y'all have known anything about me, you already know. I'm all for justice, okay? <laughs> so I'm not I'm not about to hold back on any of that right now. I do not feel that in my heart. I feel instead the Lord saying, open your mouth and I will fill it. And so I'm going to do my due diligence and making sure that my heart is full with the word of God and it's full with love. And um, it is open to 
the wisdom of the spirit. Um, yeah, we're going to hit those both ends. And um, we're going to start with justice because it's a necessity. And uh, I don't know how long we'll be with justice, but we may we may stay with justice. Frankly, <laughs> we may we may just stay right there. Okay, just brace yourself. Just like Jesus says, not the same because I'm not talking about being crucified upside down and fed to lions and all that stuff. I'm not talking about that, but I am talking about a dying to self that I believe is necessary for us to be able to look more like Jesus. And so I also look forward to just laying it all out and um, ensuring that you all are edified in the midst. I had a friend who reminded me of that and uh, I think I walk a very fine line between chastisement and, edu- and um, edification. <laughs> I'm like straddling that fence real well because it's hard, you know, and the Lord chastises those he loves. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that next next time. He does. He be cutting because he loves us. You know what I'm saying? If he, he, he said, I'm the vine, you are the branches and 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 uh, the father and my father is the is the vine dresser. You know what I'm saying? And. Yeah, you can be cut off and thrown into the fire because you're not bearing fruit or you can be cut and unpruned so that you can bear more fruit. So there's a whole lot of cutting happening. You just need to pray that you're just going to get a little a little nick and not get whacked (laughs) and thrown into the fire. You know what I'm saying? It's not funny, but it's like, which one do you prefer? You know what I'm saying? Those of us who are Christian and call Jesus Lord and Savior. Anyway, so we'll talk about that next week or next time. I'm so excited about it. I'm ready to get into this thing. Um, I just want to, I just want to like flow in that vein towards destiny. I really do. I want to flow in that vein, walk by faith, take the risks that are necessary um, so that I can, I can see the fullness of what God has been revealing over time. I'm also looking forward to adding exclusive content to Tether Talk, man. It's been a long time coming, uh, and that's part of what this renewal of my mind and this um, transformation has been about as well. Just trying to figure out how to how to deliver everything that the Lord is saying to me. So I do write. I plan to do a few more ebooks, and I do plan to write my autobiography in the next couple of years. Uh, I'm saying that now <laughs> to hold myself accountable. Um, but I, I want to do that. Um, tether talk is not going anywhere um but yeah i'm going to i'm going to do some exclusive episodes for a couple groups of people a few groups of people so i want to do i want to um not i want to i am because it's it's happening regardless okay uh um some exclusives for single women who are preparing to date for love long-lasting love true love uh, so I'm going to do that. So if that's something you're interested in, tune in next time and I'll give you those details and definitely check the show notes, guys. Like I try to put as many notes as I can in there. Um, another exclusive for divorced women who are seeking acceptance by being known. I hear you. I see you. I feel you. I know you. You know what I'm saying? So I have a lot to say to my sisters who um, are, are going to the well outside of the city. Um, and also to my incarcerated sisters who I know are desperate to be seen 
Paul tells us to not forget those who are in prison. Yes, he was speaking specifically about those who are believers who are in prison, but I also believe the sentiment remains for anyone who is incarcerated, who is in prison, because God desires that none should perish and that all should come to the knowledge of the truth. And he is spirit, which means we can send the word and the word will heal them and save them from the destruction just as we are saved from our own spiritual prisons. Amen. So that's what I hope to do. Um, there might be a few other things that come down the pipeline as well, but um, I really hope that you guys will continue on this journey with me. Please share and rate this podcast. Subscribe because it's about to be all the way live, like all the way live. So thank you all so much for listening. I pray this was a blessing to you. I appreciate y'all patience. Um, y'all's, I said y'all, y'all's patience. And uh, I appreciate your love, your support, your text messages, your encouragement, your phone calls. It means a lot to me. Your prayers, those of you who are praying, I, I thank you so much. This is kingdom work. This is um, life work for me. And I'm grateful. I'm honored. I'm humbled to be a part of what God is doing. And I pray that you'll do the same with me. Until next time. <laughs>